you can just see the light dawn over people's eyes. They're surprised, they're shocked. And then as I continue in the, in the talk, they're angry. They're angry because they're like, well, wait a second. I've been told all these years, I have all these environmental protection laws. People tell me, you know, we hear talks all the time about people have the right to clean water and clean air, but it never really struck them that here in the United States of America, you don't actually have that right unless it's enshrined in the Bill of Rights section of your state constitution or our federal constitution. You're hearing Maya Van Rossum discuss constitutional law as a potential strategy for increased environmental protections. Maya is the founder of the Green Amendments for the Generations cause and author of The Green Amendment. Professionally, she works as the executive director of Delaware Riverkeeper and is tasked with the protection and restoration of the entire Delaware River. Currently, that means fighting the Bishop's Tube development proposal. This plan would allegedly use taxpayer money to help a developer build 200 townhomes on the site of a former metals processing plant without a full plan to clean up the area's contaminated water and soil. This is The Nonprofit Experience, a podcast that presents candid conversations about the human experience of nonprofit work, and I'm your host, Sandy Sear. While she has big plans to eventually enshrine environmental protections in the Constitution, for now, Maya relies more on the power of individual human stories in her work. One of those stories is about Liz, a young woman currently in her late 20s who grew up next to that polluted Bishop's Tube land. So far, Liz has had 31 MRIs in her battle against repeated brain tumors. The power of Liz's story not only helps Maya convince others why we need a Green Amendment, but it also propelled Liz's mother into activism. On today's episode, you'll hear from Maya and Kate Stoffer, Liz's mother and an educator turned activist. They discuss the path to the Green Amendment, as well as the ethics of using Liz's story in their conservation efforts. First up, Kate recounts how she and Maya first connected. When we found out that we had a piece of property that's adjacent to our house that was toxic, we went to a township meeting to find out what was happening down there. Introduce yourself first, Maya, and then we'll go on. So, hi, I'm Maya Vemrasa. Um, I'm wearing a couple of hats. I'm the Delaware Riverkeeper um, and also the leader of a, of a four-state organization called the Delaware Riverkeeper Network. But also as an outgrowth of my work as the Delaware Riverkeeper, I founded a new national movement called Green Amendments for the Generations. I've authored a book called The Green Amendment. And the goal of that work is really to inspire and help communities to seek and secure a constitutional right to pure water, clean air, a stable climate, and a healthy environment in every single state constitution across the nation, and ultimately at the federal level. And at this point, it's only in two states. That's right. At this point, there's a Green Amendment in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, which was given legal life because of the work of my organization, the Delaware Riverkeeper Network. And then there's also a Green Amendment in the state of Montana. And it was really this work in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania where we used a long ignored Green Amendment, a long ignored Environmental Rights Amendment to challenge and defeat a very devastating pro-fracking law that was going to significantly magnify drilling and fracking in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And after we had that victory, I started 
thinking about the power and importance of constitutional environmental rights came to the realization through my research that across the United States of America, we did not have, people do not have a right to a healthy environment. They think it in their hearts, but in reality, under the law here in the United States of America, you don't have that unless it's included in the Bill of Rights section of your constitution. And one of the things that we found is we didn't know that we had in this state a Green Amendment. And there was a woman standing in the corner with her computer. And all of a sudden, she came up to the township supervisors with verbal and excitement and let them know that they didn't even know that we had the right to clean air, clean water, a clean environment. And right there, I fell in love with Maya. <laughs> because as people, our community here, we had no way of putting this in action. We had no way of we didn't have the funding. We didn't have the knowledge and the energy. And the uh, Delaware Riverkeeper Network was there to help support us in all those ways, monetarily, to support in legal actions, support in just knowing that we as pedestrians and citizens actually had a voice. And ultimately, in this state, knowing that we do have that amendment in our Constitution. So having the Green Amendment in our Constitution has helped us uh, I want to use the word, I don't want to use the word fight, but help us get to the point where maybe this toxic site can be cleaned up and uh, turned into a green, just trees and let the earth take care of itself. And letting people know that it, it is, this is not a given. Our forefathers didn't think that we would mess up the earth so much, <laughs> maybe. And so I think it's really important because we wouldn't be where we are now and we wouldn't have the backing to be able to do the work that we're doing and also enlightening our politicians because our supervisors didn't know it, that this was in place. So it's a really important. And to me, having a daughter who was a survivor of brain tumors, the healthy environment is really important. So one of the things, Kate, that always um, strikes me is when I showed up at that first supervisors meeting to talk about the toxic bishop tube site and to talk with the supervisors about their constitutional obligation to protect the environmental rights of the people. I actually didn't know what I was walking into in that <laughs> meeting. I didn't know if there were going to be friends in the audience. I didn't know if there was going to be foes. It was you a know. full house too. There was a lot of people in that. That's right. There was a full house and it was so powerful when people, and particularly you and your husband, Larry, and I think even Liz was there, your daughter, Liz, yeah. got up and and spoke. And one of the things that I always wondered about, I know how I got to that meeting. Somebody called me. Somebody called me a little birdie told me that there was a problem and that I needed to show up and pay attention to this site. And so that's why and how I showed up. But I often often wondered why there were so many people from the community that turned out to that exact meeting. Do you remember? Well, I think the same little birdie might have, there might have been some, we're a close-knit community here too. So th that there was word that there was going to be a development there on that site. And we as citizens were concerned about just the position of it, possibly more and more as we worked together. And this was three years ago, I guess. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, getting to know the toxicity of that site. So for us, it was our neighborhood possibly being opened up because of a development happening. So I think it became, it was more that that started it. And then we realized seeing you and coming and hearing everything that we heard from that little birdie and hearing you that we were only at the surface of it and and 
with your um, help and uh, digging deeper about how toxic that site was. So we, we have always been active in this township. Um, my daughter was on chemo um, and there was another piece of property down in our neighborhood and that wanted to be developed. And she and my husband went around um, our township and they saw all the available properties. So we, even when she was in going through her treatment, went to the township meetings to help stop that development just because we wanted a park there. It was, it was a baseball field. And now it's something else with a big building on it. So we've always been active and wanting to have some open space for our neighborhood. So that, that I think, was the little birdie that more than anything else. <laughs> you know, the, the interesting thing about, about this community, about your community, you know, I, I work with a a lot of communities throughout the Delaware River watershed, New York, New Jersey, PA, Delaware. And now with the Green Amendments movement, I work with a lot of oh, communities yeah. right Mexico. across the nation, New Mexico, elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I'm always struck about your community, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I tell people this all the time. Um, there, there, there are other places where I go and, um, you know, you can get people involved and they get involved to deal with the issue that's the threat to their environment. And once they solve the problem, they're thrilled and happy. Some people, their eyes have been opened and they will continue on to do environmental work. But for the most part, people then go back to their lives. I think the thing that's so striking about the General Warren Village, right, is that at this point, three years down the line, as we work to battle to get the Bishop Tube site cleaned up to prevent new development there that would bring new families, new kids to the dangerous contamination mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. as we fight to get the site protected as natural, clean, green, open space for the benefit of this community that has been so harmed by the Bishop Tube yeah. site, known or unknown to, to all in the community for all these years. I'm always struck that at this point, one of the most difficult tasks we have as we come to your house (laughs) month in and month out to talk strategy is getting everybody to really focus in on the work we need to do to protect Bishop too, Mm -hmm. because people here care so much Mm -hmm. that they want to take on every battle, every Mm -hmm. issue right? Mm-hmm. To protect, to protect the community and protect the environment. And it really strikes me yeah. when I come here. And I don't know what the magic of this community, except for the passion of it. And it's not only because I, there was one, one of our members who keeps talking about that. She's not going to be, we're not going to be here, you know, in, in 40 years, but in 40 years, her grandchildren are going to be here. of it, a lot of the people in our neighborhood worked at Bishop too. There's been a lot of deaths. Um, we looked at a tort suit, but from what I understand, once someone dies, they can't be part of the tort suit. But part of this too is kind of mourning the neighborhood on, we can't prove anything right now, but th- that kind of glued us together, even Liz's brain tumors or the sicknesses that have happened. And it's kind of... Um, brought us together too for this because there's nothing more important than our, our environment. Not only that, we love our animals that are around here. We have deer, fox up in the woods and, and even for them. And it's interesting the passion that people have for the creatures and, and the trees. So it, it's, it, it is a magical community 
there's also been successes in what we're doing. I mean, without us showing up at the township meetings, that would have been built on already. So the successes of just working with our township, whatever we're doing with the DEP, um, and, and working to say, you know what, there's a responsibility you have to us as citizens, and this is really important to us. And we have a big group too, so not everyone's, not, not, there's not one person doing everything. And we're all kind of collaborating on it. And I think one of the best things we did is we make a mo- monthly meeting. Sometimes we decide we don't need it, but the first Wednesday of every month, we're committed to being together unless we need it. And so even that commitment. Um, but the successes we've had, and we feel like we're making a difference, which, you know, that makes us want to keep going. And your support, and I'll say it again, we could not do this without the people who fund the Delaware River Keeper Network, the people who fund the work that you do, because we've been in suits together, and it was your organization. As pedestrians, again, we couldn't afford to do that. We couldn't afford to do that. You're always so kind, and you always say that, and it always <laughs> makes me a little embarrassed. Because the reality is, this is a community effort, right? Like, I couldn't have done it if I showed up at that meeting and you all weren't right. there. And I see that you value what what I and my organization have brought to the table. But it's really all of our successes, mm-hmm. Together. Our, our group effort. But one of the things that I, I do wonder about, so, you know, in Pennsylvania, we have this Constitutional Environmental Rights Amendment, this Green Amendment. Yeah. And it was on the books. Now, we we breathed legal life into that long ignored Green Amendment in December of 2013. But when the Bishop Tube site in the 1980s was being horribly contaminated, and when it was left in its contaminated condition from the early 1980s until today, mm-hmm. and still today, um, you know, during all that time, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania did nothing to clean up that site. And yet on the books on the books, even though it didn't have its legal life, on the books, there was this constitutional obligation of Pennsylvania officials to protect the rights of the people of Pennsylvania to pure water, clean air, and a healthy environment. And I wonder, as you learning about Pennsylvania's Green Amendment, learning about Mm -hmm. the fact that the people of Pennsylvania should have had a constitutional right to pure water and clean air through all these decades what do you, how does it make you feel to know that you had that right, but that the courts and the legislators and the regulators were allowed to ignore it until we had that legal victory mm-hmm. in December of 2013? Yeah, um, I, I could get angry about it, especially because, and again, I can't, I can't, I can't really prove that my daughter's brain tumors were, kidding, but everything I'm reading about the TCEs that were in the air there and a mother it, breathing that in while ho- having um, being pregnant, um, so there's 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 stuff there. So angry because if they took care of that, then maybe we wouldn't have to deal with brain tumors. If they took care of that, my neighbors wouldn't be dying or died in the past. Or yeah, there's a few people that um, so so angry at first, and I think then to turn that anger into something productive. Um, that's what we found out about brain tumors too. It was just like, you know, okay, this is what we have and now what are we going to do about it? I'm not going to sit and cry in the corner. So the productivity of what we're doing and the work we're doing, even suing the DEP 
and 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 the court understanding that they didn't hold their part of the deal. That was their responsibility to make sure that we had that, and um, we won that suit. So so putting it in, and and not that I want to sue the DEP. I just want to hold them accountable. You were supposed to do something. You didn't do it, and now the TCEs are in the groundwater and in 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 the rock in the bedrock. So that kind of stuff to take that anger and put it into something productive and useful. And then even the next step with, you know, the Green Amendment for the generations, not just now. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little bit annoyed that um, we didn't know that, or even that our, our elected officials didn't know that this was something. Uh, the Green Amendment was one of our rights to have. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I might. But that the Constitution is above the law. Correct. So the Constitution, my Constitution right is above, that's number one, that's above the law. That's the, the law. And that I didn't know that as a, as a citizen, nor did my township. So how are they going to be able to make the decisions that they need to make for the best interest of my community if they don't know about it? And I, that's why I love the work that you're doing. You're getting out there, letting people know that here in Pennsylvania and Montana, that's there, but also wanting to get it as far as the national constitution so we in the United States can have this protection. When I'm, when I'm in other states talking about the Green Amendment and talking about this idea of having a true constitutional right to a healthy environment, it, it is quite striking. I mean, I, I, I go through the story of how our current system of environmental laws are failing us because our laws are focused on permitting and managing pollution after the fact, right? Yeah. When the bad decision has already been made. Yeah. And that's really what's left to be done is to permit it and management, manage it. And then I talk about how that reality of our current setup of laws here in the United States of America has failed so many communities. And I talk about about you, Kate, and I talk about Larry, and I talk about Liz and her brain tumors. I talk about the Bishop Tube site and how how Pennsylvania's government, because they didn't have a living Green Amendment, failed your family and your community. And I talk about other communities in other states that have suffered from pollution and degradation. And then I really say to People, you know, I, I bring up the, the point that people believe that they have a right mm-hmm. to clean water and clean air and a healthy environment. And then I tell them that it's my sad job to let them know that, no, here in the United States, you have the right to free speech and freedom of religion. You have private property rights. You have gun rights, but you do not have a right to clean water and clean air, a stable climate and a healthy environment. And I have to tell you, you can just see like Mm -hmm. the light dawn over Mm -hmm. people's eyes. They're surprised, they're shocked. And then as I continue in the, in the, in the talk, they're angry. Mm -hmm. They're angry because they're like, well, wait a second. I've been told all these years, I have all these environmental protection laws. People tell me, you know, we hear talks all the time about people have the right to clean water and clean air, but it never really struck them that here in the United States of America, you don't actually have that right unless it's enshrined in the Bill of Rights section of your state constitution or our federal constitution. Here in the Pennsylvania, I, you know, I think it is much more poignant for people because mm-hmm. like you, people are like, well, wait a second. I actually did have that right, but the courts undermined it for over 40 years. So I didn't. But in other states, People are, are like, really like, wait, they, it's, it's confusing and it's mm-hmm. surprising. And so I, I just, 
you know, watching your community, you and your family and your community grow into really embracing this idea that here in Pennsylvania, we have this constitutional right and we can use it to our benefit Mm -hmm. to protect the environment where our laws and our government are failing us. question I want to ask you is a, a very serious question that I wonder about. So when I, as you know, when I go and speak in other states, even across Pennsylvania, and I talk about the Green Amendment concept and constitutional environmental rights, there are certain stories, right, that I use to communicate how our current laws are failing us. And the Bishop Tube story is one of them. But but truthfully, you know, I really focus in on you, Kate, as a mother with mm-hmm. a daughter that suffered from brain tumors. I talk about Liz, you know, and I show her picture and show the picture of this beautiful young woman in her early 20s who between 16 and, you know, her early 20s had she to has suffer one more MRI. That. So 31, she's 29 now. So she's still one more MRI before they clear. So, so just thinking about, I mean, I take your very personal story and I use it and share it with the world to try to inspire them to see that our current laws are failing us and that we do need a better path. And then, you know, to talk about that better path being constitutional environmental rights. And I just wonder how, how you, but also how Liz feel about me. Like, I don't want you to think that I'm using you. No. I use you to inspire. And sometimes I wonder, sometimes no, no, I wonder. No, no. No. And so I just want to ask you about that because it, it's, I know that you're good with it because I ask you. Yeah. But I do wonder how it strikes and, you. Yeah. Um, and, and because, and we've had conversations with Liz too, because of everything that she's been through in her life, you know, is it, is it okay? Because her oncologist, Dr. Phillips, uses her brain and her tumor for his work because it was such an unusual tumor. So she's worldwide known for many reasons. But the one thing that I know, like this, we had, we went through that, but it it has to have some meaning. It has to, there has to be a reason for me personally, there has to be a reason for it. It, you know, and, and to make good, what can we do with this? We had it. What can we do with this? Um, even Liz is a mentor for the Children's Brain Tumor Foundation, you know, just like what work can we do to not just have this and sit in a corner again? So you're not using us, but it, if, if, if the story helps to to inspire and and inspire the Green Amendment, in, inspire whatever we've dealt with as a family dealing with brain tumors, if it could help other people, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll tell our story. That's great. Someone asked me once about the work that we're doing together with Bishop Tube, and I think the same thing happened with the brain tumor. He goes, what if you're on the other side of this and you're disappointed? All the work you're doing, if you're disappointed and, and you know, you're just going to be, you know, it's going to be devastating. And I said, I'll be more devastated if I didn't do anything. Whatever happens on the other end, even Liz's tumor, it was just like, this is what we have. So what are you going to do with it? And uh, with the work that we're doing together, I'm not going to be on the other side of this saying, what if? What if? 
Um, what if we didn't do anything? So, so yes, so I'm, Liz is okay with it. Larry's okay with it. I'm okay with it. Liz's two brothers are okay with it. So if it's helping and supporting the work that you're doing for the Green Amendment for the Generations and getting the word out and, you know, getting people to raise money to help support us, then yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you, it really does help because um, when I go through all the stories, the fact that I can point to a person, I can show Liz's photo, Mm -hmm. I can talk about Liz's story. And it's not, it's not that Liz got a little bit sick, right? That her very life was threatened three times over. Mm -hmm. And And again, I can see when I'm looking at the room and I'm talking with people about this topic and they are being overwhelmed by what's happening to our environment in their community, in their state and, and, you know, worldwide, pointing to a person and telling Liz's story about struggling with brain tumors strikes them in their hearts, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can see the effect on their faces because we all know it's real. Yes. And, you know, when you can point to a person and tell their story, people can, that resonates with people. They can, they can find something in that story Mm -hmm. for themselves. And so that is very powerful. And whatever happens with Bishop Tube, although I always believe we're going to win because we should win because it's right and it's just. Um, And I think we're going to set good precedent Mm -hmm. when in our litigation using Pennsylvania's Green Amendment. But whatever happens with all of that, I think that as you've said, this community has really found, it was always active, but it's sort of found a new passion for how to fight for the environment. Um, but also, you know, we, we have Green Amendment proposals now in New York, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Maryland, yeah. West Virginia. We've got communities that we're working with in, in West Virginia, in Delaware, uh, not West Virginia, in New Mexico, in Delaware, in Maine. Um, there's interest in Oregon and Washington and Arizona and Florida, right? So it really is resonating. And your story and Liz's story and the Bishop Tube story is a really important part of the mm-hmm. delivery of the message that has inspired all those communities yeah. to want to come and pursue this change. So I'm just telling you, and you can make sure Liz knows that yeah. whatever happens, I can see that it's, it's having an impa- impact. Yeah. And helping us to literally, I believe, change the world and change the way we think about yeah. and protect the environment here in the U.S. Well, it's been it's been an honor, and and like I said, without the work that that you're doing, we would be in a totally different place in this community. So, on behalf of my community, my family, all the children I work with, who are the next generations coming in, thank you for everything that you do. Well, thank you for everything that you do, because it wouldn't. You know, again, we're doing it together. Yeah, we are. We're doing it together. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. This episode was edited by our producer, Preston Whitwer. Shalina Omar is our digital director, and Andre Tidwell is the production assistant. All of our music was composed by David Mueller. I'm the executive producer and your host, Sandy Sear. This show is a listener-supported project of the Philanthropy Journal. You can find show notes and access previous episodes at philanthropyjournal.org. And don't forget, if you can, get CPR training certification, register to vote, and check out some of our season one and two episodes on your next long drive.